0: Thanks for coming everyone, uh, really good to have you here, Hot Topics. Um, here's how it works, um, it works in four 4 half hour slots um, and we'll try to make it so that those slots are around about, um, around about half and half um, either talking and Q&A or talking and interaction discussion, Okay. so that's kind of how we, uh, we're trying to approach it. Um, anything else to say on that? Um, This is an environment where we really, on this subject, I would imagine there would be different perspectives in the room at this point right now. Um, And so we just want to encourage you guys to uh, deal with one another with gentleness, with respect, with, um, the Bible says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. So it's really important. Sometimes we think we've got different views and we haven't. We just use different language. Sometimes we do have different views for all kinds of reasons. Um, and, you know, we just need to let the Lord do, do what he does and work on us over time um, to get us to a place where we're, where we're really in his mind on things. So a um, few things to say. Um, the Bible says that we know in part. Okay, so whatever you hear from me today will be incomplete. It won't be the full picture. It won't be airtight. Um, it won't be perfect. I'm still. I'm thinking a lot about this. Have been doing so for years. I've read a lot about this. listened to a, a fair bit about this. Um, it, it's. It, it's. It, it's a, Is it a complex subject? It, because of our context, particularly, it is particularly um, complex. But I just want to say at the start, I'm going to do my best. Um, uh, and tr- try to show where I'm being true to scripture in it, but I don't. I really don't want to come with a kind of a cocky, I don't know, I've got everything right. I'm not infallible, the scriptures are infallible, and we're trying to work out what the scriptures say. Okay. So that's just a bit of a thing to say at the start. Um, also to just say it's really important to recognise with this subject and with certain other subjects how big your cultural context, where you live, how that impacts upon it. So, I'll give you an example. There was a marriage course being run by our movement of churches in sub Saharan Africa, West Africa, um, what I heard about a few years ago, where um, when it was suggested that male and female are equal, um, lots of people left the marriage course because they didn't feel that like it was being biblical. Whereas in our context, you're going to get, if, if you start to talk about differences in male and female, that's when people are likely to leave. So, the reason I'm telling you that is just to recognise there's a context to how we hear things, how we understand things. And that doesn't mean that there's not timeless truth, there is, but the, the way it's heard in different contexts it, it is remarkably different, and so we do need a lot of humility and a, and a lot of um, grace from God to, to sort of do well here. Um, in conventional warfare, if you are about to go to war with another uh, opposing army, what would have been a big deal in the old days is, 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 is where you would have that war. You would do your best to get the higher ground because then you'd have an advantage or you'd do your best to lure the opposite army into some sort of valley where you could then trap them or, or, or somewhere they would be vulnerable. So where the battle took place was really important. With this subject, it's ever so important that we don't get lured into the wrong battleground. Okay? This is not primarily a political issue. It has political repercussions, but that's, it's not primarily political. Um, I, I, I want us to try our best to not get drawn into a, a battleground that's purely personal or purely emotional. Um, I want us together to try to get to what is the transcendent spiritual meaning on the subject. What is God doing here? Um, that's the. I want us all to be asking that same question. I want to ask that of you from the start. We're trying to get God's heart, We're trying to find the mind of Christ. We're trying to work out what God is saying and understand things spiritually, not just um, settle some things in our own minds so that we feel happier about it, or you know, get some answers for work. You know, these things are important. But before we do all of that and get into all that, we've got to first understand, try and get some spiritual understanding. What's God doing in this subject here? And, and we also must make sure that we don't try to make things say in the Bible what we want them to say. That's really, really important. Um, that we, we'll, we'll do a little bit on that through this through this session. Okay, so here's how we're going to start: Genesis one verses twenty six to twenty eight. Um, this is one of this is hot topics. Is a place where you probably want your Bible on your lap, really, because um, it helps it helps you to um, get into the text yourself. This is definitely a setting where we'll go in a deeper than we would on a Sunday morning. That's why we've set this thing up really, so we can go a bit deeper. Uh, we can spend a little bit more time digging into some things. So to have the Bible open is very important. Um, and we'll probably make it hopefully a, a bit more of a rewarding time. So, Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 28. And fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So, Father, we commit this time to you. We pray for protection over our minds and over our hearts. We pray that this would be uh, an experience in your presence. Keep us from having a quarrelsome, combative approach. I pray we would be united in heart as we want to find out what your heart is on this. I pray for protection from confusion, uh, strange ideas, things that would take us down dead ends, I prayed it would get the most fruit from this time uh, into the future, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here's what we see with um, this text here. This is, is, these are some really important principles for session one uh, that I want us to, to notice. Um, Number one, male and female together bring the full representation of the image of God. Ma- Mankind being made in the image of God is male and female. Okay? It's ever so important that we understand that. So when the Bible talks about man in settings like this, it's talking about male and female. Um, if it's only men, there will be something missing in the representation of the image of God. If there's only women, likewise. There's something in our coming together that brings something more of a fullness, of a representation of the image of God, of the likeness of God, of what God is like. You see a man and a woman, and it gives you a fuller understanding, oh, that's what God's like. When it's just men or just women, it it, it goes a bit sideways. There's things that are missing, there's things that need filling out. So it's really important that we see that there. Um, That's a really, really important point. Here, also we really see is important, is that male and female are made to lead. Okay? They are created to rule creation. So there was a Christian book written once called Leadership is Male. That's an unhelpful book title. It's not true. Male and female are created to rule over creation together. That's exactly what it says. It's very straightforward. Um, it's, it's, it's in black and white. There it is. Let us make them in our, in our image and our likeness and have, let them have dominion over the rest of creation. Thirdly, it's in that context and atmosphere of blessing. This is a blessed thing that's going on, right? Male and female is blessed. It's really great. It's wonderful. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not, oh, it's better when it's just the lads. It's not. It's not better when it's just us girls having a girly time. It's not. Lads and girls, fine, hanging out together in their separate groups. But the most blessed scenario is men and women. Male and female together. That's God blessed it. God said, yeah, this is a good thing. We all know that God wants his glory to fill the earth. We have these sort of spiritual sayings that we all sign up to. The way God designed to do it was to make men and women, and as they multiply together to make more men and women and fill the earth, that's how his image and glory would be seen on the earth. So the male and female thing is absolutely central to the heart of God, to the purposes of God. Men and women are equal. Men and women are equal in Dignity, men and women are equal in contribution, men and women are equal in value. Um it's really important that that's the foundation that I really want to lay in this first session. Um now here's a question. You can't answer this if you are on lead because you would have heard the answer already. But I want you to think about it if you uh, I want you guys to think about this. If you're doing a painting, okay the first thing you want to do when you're doing a painting, particularly if it's like watercolour, is that you do the backdrop, you, 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 you do the, the wash, and so what that means is, is that you, you get a certain colour and you, and you make it very, very watery, the, normally the colours aren't that strong, and you do the whole of the background, okay, that's the first thing you do when you're doing a painting. What happens next? Some of you said the right answer, some of you said the wrong answer. Some of you said detail, which is the wrong answer. One of you said, dry, which is the right answer. You have to let it dry first. If you try and put the detail onto the wash, what happens? Bleeds. Just bleeds and smudges everywhere. You, you lose all definition. It doesn't, it doesn't work well. So you have, if, if, if you've never heard that male and female are equal, <laughs> I'm sure you have. If you've never heard it biblically, because it's possible to be around Bible-believing churches and never hear that, sadly. It's possible. Or to just, or maybe no one will ever say that, but the way things are done you can make you think that um it's really important that you don't just hear it but you let the paint dry because if you don't let the paint dry then when you come to try and put some detail on it guess what it just goes now we actually can't let the paint dry for long because we're going to go on to the the detail in our next session but it's ever so important that even though we may not be able to time wise this afternoon that we spend time reflecting on that and, and pondering that and say well hold on a minute is, is that what the Bible teaches? Is that what the church believes? Is that how I've, how I've understood it? And it may be a bit, maybe an, you know, a not, or it's what I've thought, but it's not what I've thought people around me think. It's really important that we get to this so that we can then say other things we can put onto that backdrop. So it's quarter past two. I've done my quarter of an hour. I want you to have a few minutes of quiet where you just ponder... What do I think about what I've just heard? Like, what, what? Not, not so much. What have I just learned? But the things that have just been said. When I walked into the room today, what do I think about these things? What do I think about the real, the importance of male and female? What do I think about the blessedness of male and female? What do I think about the fruitfulness of male and female? What do I think about the equality and value and contribution of male and female? What do I? What do I really think about this? Um, you're allowed. To, you're allowed. Uh, the silence of your own thoughts on that, and maybe just write some things down. Just sometimes can be helpful to just clarify, articulate some things where you feel oh, well, maybe I think that, or I've not heard that before. That's not familiar. Do that, and then we're going to get in some little groups. You know, you're going to have a few minutes on that, and then we're going to do a bit of feedback. Then we're going to session two. Okay? So a few minutes to yourselves, think it through, and then <laughs> we'll get you in, get you in groups in a moment. One or two people around you, and just. Just now, listen. This is where we need to be gentle with each other. If someone says something you don't agree with, don't jump down their throat. <laughs> don't do that. Don't, this is just you saying, look. This, these, these, these are my reflections on what I just heard for the last ten minutes. This is, this is what I thought. It could be a simple, It could be a thirty-second. Yeah, sure. Yep, yeah, fine, fine. It could be some things that just started to press some buttons. But I want us to do this. So just have a few minutes. Turn around twos and threes. Just a quick. What do you think about what you've, what you've just heard? What are the things that come to mind? Go for it, and I'll gather you back in a minute, and we'll feed back from some of the groups. Find out what we've got. I, it would be really helpful, and I, I, I'm fascinated to just hear one or two, one or two comments that came out. That you just think, oh, you know, that was perhaps you said, both said something similar. I thought oh, both thought that, or something you think's worth throwing in. Any thoughts, observations, short, pithy. Um, things
1: I kind of surprised myself with the I guess I had a very
2: individualistic view of being made in the image of God so like when I talk about being made in the image of God I'm thinking about myself right yep and I guess there's a, like, an oversight of the fact that there's like a complete yeah. picture of it. Yeah. I guess I surprised myself in thinking, oh, I'm actually thinking in the way my culture does. Yes. Yeah. Rather than what the Bible
0: says about togetherness It's massive. To the individual lens is huge, isn't it? It's in our part of the world. If, you, if you've been immersed in this culture for years, and you all, without even realizing, think so individualistically. Particularly when you read the Bible, you know what's God saying to me, and that sort of stuff, and it can affect so much. Really good. Yeah. Any other, anything else at this stage? It doesn't have to be, but anything of of, of interest. We were um,
3: chatting about how in the Bible it talks about men and women, but a lot of the time it refers to marriage, and so you kind of see this like, whole picture of like a husband and a wife yeah. and what that looks like in the traits. But like,
0: what does that look like as singles? And yeah. how can we still bring that fullness of God? Absolutely, it's really nice good, women. really. And we we will get into a little bit of that this afternoon. Um, and what does it look like as marrieds and singles? which is actually what the church is. The church is married and singles. Do you see what I'm saying? And, and all, of, all of that and the various kind of um, you know, opportunities, challenges involved there. Very good, yeah. Anything else? Okay, well, I'll probably take the opportunity then to do a slightly longer session too. <laughs> oh, I won't then. Go for it. Start <laughs> sort off of saying that um, just that the foundation is
2: positive. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That, yeah. Also, um, that I was relieved that it's contextual and that this isn't airtight. but We're doing the best we can. Yeah. There's room for learning and growing together. Yeah. It was a relief. Um, and also, starting with the foundation of equality. Yeah. Um, is, I Was relieved. Yeah. An yeah, agreement.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good.
2: Lots of impatience to get onto the details. <laughs> 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 Let it dry. Yeah. yeah no, no, good. What, yeah. Um, time is true and what's cultural and, potential, yep, and, absolutely. and, and what the Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Very articulate. Uh, something I probably should have said, um, but it's obviously implicit, the fact that you know, we're opening the Bible, looking at it, is that, is that gender is God-defined. It's, it's something that God is, uh, we will make male and we will make female to represent our image. So there's something, there's something very important, obviously, in terms of some of the uh, very live conversations at the moment, that, uh, The the Christian worldview isn't fundamentally self-defining. The Christian worldview is fundamentally what has God revealed, what has God disclosed, so that we can, because that's going to be the 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 most fruitful way and the right way. And so, therefore, we want to we want to live in that. So it's really important that we lay that foundation stone as well. That it's you know it's something that God is proactively he has he has created this dynamic of male and female. He is interested in. He's got something to say about it. It matters to him. Um, and, and that we really honour and acknowledge that. So obviously, that's part of the whole afternoon, but just worth saying. Okay, so we haven't really let the paint dry. Let's pretend, but let's pretend we have. We haven't had long enough, but let's pretend that we have and get into some of the details. So let's go to Genesis 2. And what you tend to find is, is that there's essentially two creation accounts. Genesis 1 is more panoramic. Genesis 2 zooms in and gives us some detail and begins to introduce some dynamics Uh, Some information that the reason why we know it's important, and this is a really important point, the reason we're not just pulling out random thoughts, the reason we know it it means something, it's meaningful, is because the New Testament writers refer back to it and say, that's got meaning. Okay, So that's why there will be certain things you'd pull out of this passage and say, that means something, because that's what the New Testament writers do. Does that make sense? So it's kind of like a hermeneutical principle it's one of the ways you interpret how to understand the Bible when the New Testament writers say hey that that happened back there in the old means this then when we read it we, we, we're let in on a, a fuller meaning of the of the initial passage so let's look at verses 7 to 9 first in chapter 2 the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up um, every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now we go to verse 15. Um, In between that, this is just some details about the garden of Eden. Verse 15, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. So now we realise in chapter 2, the man up to this point has been spoken of is is an individual. Let let us make man, chapter 1, male and female. Now, what we wrote in chapter 2 that up till now, the man has been talking about an individual. It's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper. "...fit for him or corresponding to him. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see who he would call them, and whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helper corresponding to him or fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sweep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh." Let's try to paint some detail onto the canvas and see what we've got. The first thing, I'm going to say four things about the man, and then I'm going to say four things about the woman. So, first thing about the man is that he was created first. Now, if the New Testament didn't really refer to it as meaning anything, then it could just be incidental. It doesn't necessarily mean it's got meaning, but the New Testament puts a lot of weight onto it actually puts quite a heavy weight onto it, which makes us realise we've got to stop and think about this. There is a firstness in order of creation and it means something. Now, what what does it seem to mean? I'm going to, at this stage, just try and throw out some headlines. Um, we'll do Q&A at the end of this session, okay? So just go throw out some headlines. It seems that there is, in this context here, both a primary authority and a responsibility, accountability, blame. <laughs> um, he, he gets the primary blame when it goes wrong. Um, so the Bible says that sin came into the world through one man, and it holds up Adam and Jesus as kind of different, different heads of humanity. Um, although interestingly, when we look at the dynamic in Genesis 3, which is the next session, you'll see that the, the dynamic, they, they were both involved in different ways. But he gets the primary blame. It would seem um, from the New Testament is, is teaching that. Even in Genesis 3, when God comes looking for them, he, he caught, he's looking for the man first. There's a sense of a primary, not exclusive, it's really important, but primary accountability. Um, and then in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 Timothy 2, which we'll probably look at later, there's just this reference to this firstness as having a spiritual meaning with implications, okay. So, so, and, and the word firstness in the, uh, the the idea, the concept of firstness in the New Testament is, is the word used is headship, which we'll look at in a moment. What that means, okay. So, I'm just giving you these terms. I know that they're quite, if you're unfamiliar, they they're, they're, they're probably quite loaded terms. They generate all kinds of ideas and thoughts. That's why you can only come to this Hot Topic session if you stay for all four. Because if you leave for, then you probably will get the wrong end of the stick. So we've got to, we've got to work it through. But this idea of headship and firstness is the first thing about the man. Second thing about the man is that he's needy, is that he, he can't... He, he's got a perfect relationship with God. There's no sin. So his relationship with God is totally, you know, that he needs the woman. It's not good for He's alone. But he, he's got God. No, but he, God's assessment is he's alone. Fascinating. He's a man who's got... <laughs> Perfect. What we've got, and God says, you're alone. Hmm. So it, there's a lack, there's a need there, which is clearly there uh, in the scripture. So can't can't be without her, can't do without her. Um, and we see this we see this modelled in this text particularly, but also if you begin to dig into the ministry of Jesus and Paul, who we've got most information on the New Testament, you see this uh, heavy, appropriate reliance on key women. Um, that they that they are they are kind of um, adding to them in, in the most rich uh, and wonderful way. So there's a, there's a neediness there inbuilt in the man. There's something about work. Now, this is where the, the, the content's a bit thinner, so we're not going to build a huge uh, skyscraper on something little at the bottom, but there's something about work going on. He's entrusted with a job to do uh, before she's created, and when he gets judged in the fall, that's the area that's judged. Okay? So there's something, there's something there... Going on, we can dig into that later as we go. Um, and there's something he's 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 and the fourth thing is that he's the guardian of the commandment. God gives him the commandment about the tree before she's created. He's he 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 is the guardian of it, uh, which is I think primarily part of the accountability primary thing. Right? So he's been guarded with that. Okay, so four things: firstness or headship, neediness, something about work, and he's a gar- He's the, he's a guardian. The woman. She's created second, okay? Now, just go with me on this. Don't jump to the wrong conclusions. But there's something in the dynamic that we see there where she's looking, that she's looking to support him. There's something whereby he needs her and she's got what he needs, okay? So she, he needs her and she has what he needs. The, the term used here is help or help her. We're going to get into the complexities around but aren't they married in a minute? Don't worry about that for now, um, so she has the relevant gifts to supply where he's lacking. So, she, so, so, so God provides her as a helper. Now, that, if that to you sounds like a demeaning term, just to say there's only one person in the Bible, one other person in the Bible, who gets, who gets to be called that more often than anyone else. And who's that? It's God. God. All right. So please don't look upon that as a demeaning term for a moment. The idea of helping someone is that I've got something you need. I've got something that you haven't got. Okay, so she she supplies something to him that without her he's he, he's he is in lack. Okay, it's very very important there. So please understand that. Right? Then there's the, then there's the companionship element. She's given to him to help in the work to provide companionship. He's alone without without her. So there's a there's a there's a companionship there. There's a the wash of Genesis one is dried. He's, as Matthew Henry the commentator said, she wasn't she wasn't taken from his head that she should be over him. She wasn't taken from his feet that she should be under him. She was taken from his side. That there's, the, there's a parity, there's an equality, there's a companionship there. They're doing something together. There's not a, there's not, a, the man in front is, it, that, that's, that's chauvinism. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that there's a companionship. They're walking side by side, but they're con- the dynamics of their contribution, um, are there, there, there's something going on there where there's not total sameness. There's there's something complementary going on there. Um, so she's a companion, and she's a life giver. That's the other thing that's important. So there's something about her and nurturing life. Okay, there's something in her physical makeup, and in her in, in what Adam names her as Eve, giver of life. There's something about her and nurturing life. She can she she can nurture life in a in a unique in a unique way. She's, there's something of, of that. About her. Okay, so that's those things are in the text, and when she gets judged at the fall, that's what that's the element that gets judged, the whole thing of um, childbirth and all of that. So, so there's some. That's why you see there's a corresponding there's something there. So I'm just showing you what's in the text at the moment. We haven't got onto how we interpret it yet, but that's what's in there. Um, there are essentially three ways that people will interpret. The way the New Testament talks about these, this passage, okay? So, so so New Testament writers will make reference to this and say there's meaning here. And then in modern day, Bible scholars will say there's three main ways that people interpret this. The first group say this is cultural as was suggested um, as one option of looking at this earlier this is just cultural it's you know when paul says that um you know that thing about kind of man being created first and that, he's writing to the corinthians and in the corinthian context this was going on so so basically what you end up doing is you end up interpreting That passage, particular passage, say, um, in a cultural way, you're saying that he wrote it into that particular place at that particular time because of what was going on, but it doesn't have any any timeless application. Does that make sense? It's a certain way of interpreting Scripture. Um, the, The reason why we don't interpret it that way is because in those passages, when Paul's argument, even though there may be something going on in that context, but Paul's arguments that he gives are not cultural or contextual, they're creational. He makes he make he he builds his argument on timeless creation narrative, which transcends all cultures and all creation, or is relevant to all, or or, or yeah, is has authority over all those things. So that's why we just say we, it's not compelling. It's not compelling. And I'd also say, also say this: if you want to if you want to interpret those ones contextually, why don't you why don't you interpret the ones about equality, <laughs> culturally and contextually? It's kind of like taking the bits that you want. And I think you just got to honour the text, and if, if someone is arguing, for, and they argue creationally, then they say this isn't about culture. The second way is this, and this one's a bit more uh, nuanced. They, it's, it's, it's called the trajectory argument. What they're saying is, yeah, but look, um, what you've got to realise is is that, is that God's story and God's revelation is kind of—it's kind of on a journey. It's—it's it's going somewhere and it's developing. And what we need to do is we need to see how has the story developed through the Scripture, and then we draw a trajectory line from that, and we say, well, two thousand years on now, we'd probably be there. Does that make sense? So particularly with, uh, um, you might have heard recently of a guy called Steve Chalk and the whole subject around. Sexuality and homosexuality and all that and what the Bible teaches, he was a strong advocate of this idea of the trajectory. He looked at certain things and 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 built a case, built an argument for saying, actually, in in our day and age, this much further on, this is this is really what Paul would be teaching now, or, or what God is of what God is saying now. Um, there, there, are, there are, I think, some significant problems with that um, in the sense that the Bible kind of refers to um, the content of Scripture as the thing that's been handed down once for all. There's, there's a revelation of God there for us whereby what we have in the New Testament is sufficient to, 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 to live a godly life. Um, and otherwise, what you end up doing, you end up just drawing, drawing trajectories on any topic you like and saying, we'd probably be there now. And so you end up with something hyper-subjective where essentially... You end up creating the Bible to say something that you want it to say. The danger of that, obviously, is that you end up then creating God in, in, in your image over time. And that's the heart of idolatry. So you think, well, that, ca- that can't work. So what we try to do is we try to say, no, let's try to actually honour what it says... Um, and but make sure that we really make sure we interpret it properly and give time and effort and sweat and prayer to that. Because if Peter says some of Paul's writings are hard to understand, I mean, what hope do we have? Do you know what I mean? It's like this isn't easy. You know, some of the teachings are quite complex, and there's so much going on. So, but we say we're going to really try to grapple with this to honor God and trust that His revelation brings most life. But I, I think that third approach of this is something handed down once for all is the most satisfying in the sense that it's it's consistent and it holds together and i think it honors god the most now so there's this principle this principle of firstness or headship let's talk about this for a moment Um, the difficulty is as has been mentioned earlier is that adam and eve aren't only the prototype man and woman they're the prototype husband and wife So what elements of that dynamic are about marriage and what elements are just general and just kind of like you can apply them kind of across the board? And is it even as simple or as straightforward as that? Probably not. Um, But it's a really important question um, that we need to know and we need to understand. Um, The the teaching that I want to take us to to help us with this is 1 Corinthians 11. Um, Now, we're going to do a little bit of a... um, we're going to dig around in here a little bit, just for a, couple, just for a few minutes, but just to help you understand. So this is Paul's teaching on head coverings, right? Now, we're not going to get into head coverings today. We're not going to go there, right? <laughs> but it's important. The reason why he brings it up is because the conversation is about headship. And he's basically saying, um, you know, what, 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 he, what he specifically is commanded in that passage is, if a, woman, if a woman prays or prophesies publicly in a meeting, cover her head to, to demonstrate that she is under the headship of either... Her husband or her father. Okay, that's what I believe Paul is, 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 is the specific command there. And, that, and that even though we don't do head coverings now, which we're not going to do now, we've done a lot of work on that. We can talk about that if you want to, but not now. Um, but that there's something about the principle there that is absolutely timeless. Um, so, um, but we didn't just, we didn't as a church just say, ah, we're not doing the head coverings thing. We didn't do that. We spent a long time on that. Because we knew if we're going to, if we you know, we want to really want to honour this properly, so we did the work on that. So we're happy to talk to you about that. But um, the difficult thing with Greek, which is what the New Testament's written in, is that the word for wife is the same as the word for woman. That's what's hard. It's exactly the same. So you have to interpret through actually what's being said whether the, it's talking about a wife or a woman. So for example, let's go from uh, verse two, chapter eleven. I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as a, as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. And then it says the head of a wife, probably in your Bible, does it say that? But remember, the word for wife is the same as the word for woman. Okay, so it could say head of wife or head of a woman is her husband or man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, what? So there's a principle there about headship, okay. But what is he actually referring to? Is it just in a marriage? Well, it is actually impossible for this passage to be only teaching about marriage. And the reason why, you know, is if you go to verse twelve, he says, "As woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman." So clearly, it wouldn't make sense to say for a wife was born from her husband. (laughs) So in this passage, the argument that he's making is making an argument about order of men and women, and he goes back to creation. About it. So, in this passage, it's impossible that Paul is only talking about wives and husbands. He says there's a more general principle of headship, which is about men and women, but we're going to try and work that out as we go through. Okay? So, I promise I'm going to try by 4pm for us to get somewhere where you feel, oh, okay, that's a bit clear now, but I'm, again, we're just saying, look, there's a principle there in, in Genesis, Paul refers back to it, the way he talks about and unpacks the language there, it can't just mean husband and wife. There's something broader going on with this dynamic of headship. What does it mean? What, what's, what, what, is it, what does it look like? And so in those days, definitely a woman would either be under the headship of her husband or under the headship of her father. Now, the way we do life in society is so much more complex than that um, that it raises all kinds of interesting application questions that we have to just scratch our head and pray and say, God, help us work that out. But we're not doing that right now. We're just trying to grapple with the actual principle of... The thing. Um, the way that you see the New Testament also trying to help widows, um, that would have been a woman with no kind of, no, no support around her and, and, and no man in her life to provide for her, which is how it works in society. In those days, is you see the church stepping in and, and looking to take care of those. I think demonstrating something, of, something that there is some kind of application around headship and, and eldership, leadership of the church. There's something of that going on there. Although you, I don't think, I may be wrong, but I don't think you find Um, that 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 term headship is specifically used in terms of eldership. But I think there's some dynamics there that are are similar. Okay, so the teaching is wider than the husband is the head of the wife, but it's narrower. It's not every man is the head of every woman. That is not the teaching of the Bible. Okay, Um, there's a principle of headship which flows from the man to the woman specifically expressed in certain key relationships. So husband and wife is an example and I think it's appropriate to say um, I think. I think also, you know, um, a woman and her father. I think there's questions around how that works. What is what, there's all kinds of questions, and I haven't got the answers for them. But there's something there that we just need to work out. What does honouring something of, of that look like? And I think also the appropriate to talk about um, um, eldership to some degree in that way, providing some kind of um, headship, um, particularly I would say for the for for, for unmarried women. Um, and you always have to be very, very. I'm always very careful, much more uh, careful in, in 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 if I'm ever um, yeah, pastoring a woman who's married. Um, not that, of course I would never one-to-one deep stuff anyway with, with with any woman, but I'm much more careful because I never want to undermine the headship that her husband has towards that. it's ever so important that, that that you get that right. So. What is headship is obviously the $10,000 question, isn't it? It's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to sign up for this. What, what, actually, what actually is it? What is this thing? It sounds awful. Um, <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. I know what it sounds like. I can hear myself. And I'm thinking, oh boy, how come they're still in the room? Um, the idea with headship is that, it's there, that there's something there. It's, it's, it's a protection from evil. Is part of the idea. It's a, it's a service that protects from evil. Okay. It's a sacrificial service that protects from evil and releases those at the receiving end of it to their full potential. That's the point of it. Okay. So there's a, there's a, there's a sacrificial s- service given in order to protect from evil and in order to um, see those that are at the receiving end of it released into all that they are called to be. Is there's, there's, there's nothing to do with exploitation, nothing to do with abuse, nothing to do with control, nothing to do with domination, nothing to do with superiority, nothing to do with ability. It's nothing to do with any of those things. Okay? Those things are, they, they are totally irrelevant or inappropriate when it comes to headship. Um, there's, it's, it, it's, it's a laying down of the life in order to see people flourish as much as possible. That's what it's about. And God, in his wisdom, has kind of set, set up a certain order for that to work. It, and it, which it's in the Word, so we're submitting to it. It's not even as if we know for sure why he's done it, because it's not like boys are better than girls. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not that at all. It's not like boys can do something. Else. It's not that. But God has set something up and has given grace to people to flourish most and be at their most fruitful when they honour what's going on there, because something is being something is being demonstrated and, 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 and painted that, that is, that is honouring and glorifying to God. So that's Genesis 2. You've done amazing in this heat to listen for that long. Let's do 10 minutes of a Q&A. We might need to keep the camera going for that. One <laughs> <laughs> well, of those moments where most people have got a question, but no one's going to ask the first one. Yes? Can I just ask
2: quickly, why, um, why was there only
1: one word for uh, women and white?
0: Don't ask me, ask the guy behind you. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me, ask <laughs> you. Uh, yeah. We
1: don't know. We don't know. And is it the same for man and
0: husband? Yeah, is it? yeah I man, man... I thought, so. I thought so, but I wasn't confident enough to say yes, so... Yes, I think it is now. Nice. So,
1: like, like, how it is with woman and
0: wife? Yeah. What's the question about So, is it the same... Is the word for husband and man in that passage the same as it? the same word for... Yeah, not the same word as it is for woman and wife, but do you know what I mean? That The same word for woman is wife. Is it? Is it the same vice versa? Yeah. <laughs> was language yeah.
2: written because of the culture it's like the It's language was influenced by the culture. Language always is. So it pro- <coughs> those words were probably used because the culture meant so. But in that text, yes, the same word for husband, man, wife, woman. I have
0: a question.
4: Um, you mentioned about how headship releases... Those to their
3: full potential. Yeah. Does it work? Does it, does it work also for men? In a sense, by yes. being the, the head, they
0: are released to be their full potential from that. Absolutely, absolutely. And well, we can get into it maybe later at some point. But where there's such a confusion and a malaise about this for so many reasons in our culture, it's, it's one of the reasons why men are utterly <laughs> clueless um, because they don't know what they're supposed to do or supposed to be. And they're hearing so many different things, and and there's all, obviously all kinds of other stuff, just like you know sin and brokenness. But but yeah, it, God's order always creates the most joy and the most fruit, always. And if it is if it if it doesn't, it's being done wrongly. Okay. So if it's, if if you, you're around something, you think, God, did I teach you my stuff? But it's this 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 air is not right. It's not being applied rightly. It's be it's it, you can say the right thing and do the wrong thing. Um, so it's as much about what you model and, and how you live embodies the teaching and, and, and is, but absolutely yeah it really it really does we'll say some interesting things when we get on to the final session uh, we can look at the fall in session three and so, session four what is renewed in Christ what does headship look like because there's some nuances there but yeah
4: relate to specific relationships, you know, the marriage, eldership, father, daughter. Yeah. How, I know the Bible might not answer this, but how then, what, where does that leave us then for all the other relationships? I don't live with my parents anymore. Yeah. You know, not married. Yeah. So how, how, do, how does that work when bosses, we're, we're sort of society doesn't work like that, but mm. I know there's mm. some profession that are, but, sure. you Sure. Know, so then, is that
0: irrelevant? It's not irrelevant. It's massively, massively relevant. How does it work in these other relationships? It's just complicated. Yeah. So what you have to do, you have to say, well, what are the, prin- the principles are is that there's, there's something here that God has put in place, which I want to find ways of honouring. Mm. Yeah, I wonder, what does it look like to, to sort of honour that and, in, and, in, and embody that, mm. but in a way that's kind of not weird? And not just over the top. Do you see what I'm saying? So, for example, let me just try to give an example. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're a guy, you know, and you know that at work there's just a bit of a culture of belittling women, mm-hmm. or kind of comments are made. You just think, oh dear, they, you really haven't, you really haven't got it. Um, then part of part of what part of what um, headship looks like in that situation, for example, even though you might not be. Head over those women, but you're trying to honour something that is in the fabric of creation. Is that you will, at your own cost, because mm. your mates might think you're an idiot. At your own cost, you will you you will make a point of honouring those women and, and, and challenging that stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand
4: that. Miss, oh, do you to turn? Well, yeah, I'm just
0: saying this is just an example, and I think I would say you know for you know a, a woman, I think to, to, to for a woman to champion a man who's having to go at leading something. It's absolutely massive. It's absolutely huge because there's something, man and female called to to all creation. But within 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 their dynamic, there's something unique about servant leadership that's been given in marriage and church. There's something there going on. So if a woman champions a man who's leading, it adds so much strength, and he feels like, oh, I can do this. Do you see what I'm saying? And she's honouring something there that's going on. Now, you want mutual honouring between male and female in the same way, but because of the spiritual realities, the dynamics that are going on mean that it actually operates in a complementary way, not an identical way. So it's not like, oh, women women shouldn't honour men when they're being belittled, because no, absolutely they should. We do the same thing, but because we're male and female, the impact is slightly nuanced different. Let me explain what I mean. Headship is always going on. Even if you don't believe, a husband could say, I don't believe in all this headship stuff. Tough. You're still her head. You're just a bad one. Because <laughs> it's not about whether you believe it or not, it's reality. Yeah, yeah. So y- you can sp- spend till the cows come home debating whether it's real or not. You need to get on and be a good head. <gasps> because the whole time you're saying this, you're essentially just killing your wife. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's, I, it's, I completely
4: agree. What I'm yeah, I know you do. If I'm the boss of men, that's what right. I yeah. Yeah,
0: what do you do? Uh, Devs Mayfield asked me what, this once on leave, and I said something really articulate, and I wish someone had recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think there's something about okay. So let's look at the let's look at the um, the dynamic of marriage where there's something emphasised for the wife: respect your husband. There's something emphasised: husband, love your wife. So I think there's something about respect that goes on mm-hmm. to the men that you are that that you are boss of. That does something. Now you'll be respecting the women as well, but in that dynamic if you are doing that, it will be having a different spiritual impact. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you're just honouring, you're honouring something. You're not saying, "Oh, you're now my head." You're not saying, that, but you're saying there's a dynamic that is that is true. And as I want, as I want to, oh, as I want to sort of really go out of my way to, to, to show that you that, that I respect you, that that will bring life.
4: I think it's amazing. I Good. It's so- Next question. <laughs> <laughs> go I'm scared what else you're going to ask. Just no, no, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. Logically, that comes to mind. I suppose our society, don't tell me It's that I like to see everyone as an individual, so um, I don't necessarily look at them. I so, no, that's a challenge to me. Don't look at uh, someone under me as a man or a woman, necessarily. I'm just like, you're doing the job. We, we, do, yeah. we do functional yeah. work. Yeah. So then you get into yeah. the whole male and female characteristics, which I have called.
0: I have questions about but it's not wrong to see people as individuals and the last thing I'm doing is advocating let's just categorise everyone simply male and female not for a minute but I think it's part of the picture and and I'm just saying that as you as that, that awareness comes in it will enrich your contribution into their lives yeah precious (laughs) I know, I've noticed that, I've noticed that, it's funny isn't it, I don't know what I make of that, I think I just sort of, I think I sort of, um, I I chuckle about it like you probably, I don't know really, I think the the point is being made, here's the point, that's. I think the big point that's being made, the process is a bit head scratchy, I get it, I'm with you, but you say, what's the point that's being made? The point is being made, I think, is that the only thing that will do is bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. And when there's a journey before getting there, it may, perhaps it gives it a greater impact when it's then announced. And I think this is really important because men are not from Mars and women are not from Venus. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. There's something where they go, yeah, I see you in me. And I think... In our weird culture of trying to make everything the same, and at the same time, same in from husbands and from Venus, we're so confused. We need to just say, "Hold on, let's just clear that out of the way." Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Wow, I see you and me, but together we feel something out, and there's a dynamic that we're working together that will be really, really fruitful. So I think I think that's the point that's being made, but um, yeah, I don't really get it. It seems like that's kind of
4: like a pre-women world. calling from God and
0: needs a helper to do that. So I think it kind of speaks of, yeah, the man primarily having yeah. leadership and yeah. Yeah. Uh, what he wants to do, from him. He Just he just needed a helper to yeah. do that. So yeah, yeah. And I think if you take that outside of Genesis 1, you end up with something that feels a bit, uh, a bit, um, unequal. So if you take it within Genesis 1, then what you see is actually, no, they are called to do this together, but within that dynamic, there is something going on of a um, a peculiar entrustment to to him for well i guess essentially for her good that she helps him work out. There is something going on there that wh- in our where the danger would be in in our cultural setting where you'd always you 'd always go but you 'd always end up with genesis one only that's that's what we 're trying to help us not do because um I think there is something about, and this is so subtle and I might get in more trouble from saying it than not, but I, I'm trying to work this stuff out. But there's, there's something about saying, the, the, he, he needs her at his side. She needs to be at his side. Now it's slightly different. <laughs> it's slightly different. But it, you look at it and it looks where like they're at each other's sides. Do you see what I'm saying? But he needs her at his side. She needs to be at his side. It's, it's, it's not just they stood side by side there's something going on which she's saying, I want to get behind you. Not behind you, but alongside you. But I want to, you know, I to, do you know there's there is something of that going on. There is something of that. That is in, that is in there and that's what we will, we will hold to. And there's something of him saying, phew, because I can't do this. Do you see what I'm saying? And the, the, the passage can read a little bit like, you know, God, God didn't realize until we'd made the giraffes and made the elephants that this isn't gonna work. We know enough about the Lord in the rest of Scripture to know that can't be the case. So, do you, do you see what I mean? That's not the case, but I hear what you're saying. It's a good point. It's three o'clock. We have more chance for some more Q&A. Literal two-minute leg stretch, toilet break. I'm going to start at 3.02. Open <laughs> your Bible to Genesis 3. Let's just have a look. Let's just understand uh, what happens here. If you don't understand the fall, you won't understand life. Okay? If you don't really get it about the fall, then life is going to really confuse you and you'll, you'll be very, very disorientated. Now here we go. Who's been entrusted with the command? The man. Okay. Now, chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman. Now, this is really important you get this. Here, wow so the disco started we have to just do our best to keep focused so, he's, so the man's been entrusted with the command evil comes to the woman did God really say you shall not eat any of the tree of the garden the woman said to the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden but God said you shall not eat of the tree in the middle neither shall you touch it lest you die and then Satan deceives her Okay? Now what we're told is, is that then it says, verse 6, when the woman saw, saw the tree was good for food, delight to the eyes, desire to make you wise, she took of its fruit and ate. Here, listen, and she gave some to her husband who was with her. Who he was with her and he ate. So what you see there is Satan coming to the one who has not been entrusted with the command is able to deceive her because the one who has been entrusted with the command stands there passively. The one who had been entrusted, as soon as Satan had started this stuff, she just said, oi, shut it. This is what the command is. Whereas she was left totally vulnerable by his lack of good headship. So there's an example there of how he could have protected her from evil and served her to be released to her potential. Instead, his passivity, his unwillingness to deal with evil and, and kind of step up to what God had called him to led to the absolute breakdown, which is why God holds him, holds him to account primarily okay so you see the you see the dynamic at work in the very text there he follows her into what he knows is wrong in a way that in a way that is slightly different from her in the sense that god looked him in the eye and told him this is how it works now what's fascinating about the actual judgment of the fall is this is what god says to them god says to the woman, in chapter in chapter 3 again, but verse 16, after he's talked about the, the multiply your pain in childbearing, which is her own particular judgment, and his is, his is to do with, um, you know, digging the ground, looking after the ground, the thing you've been entrusted with. So those things, they're both judged in those things that they were, they, they had a primary and a unique contribution, not an exclusive contribution, but something they bring something unique to the table. They were judged in that. But God says this to to eat to the woman your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you now this isn't God's perfect plan or will this is God predicting this is God saying because of what you have done because you've chosen to do it your way and chosen to sin there's going to be a dynamic at work now now first reading that can sound like a positive dynamic the first bit anyway your desire should be for your husband that sounds great you know wife desires a husband no it's not talking about that here's how we know go to chapter 4 the exact same phrase is used when God is talking to Cain in chapter 4, verse 7. God's talking to Cain who's plotting to murder his brother. Chapter 4, verse 7. Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. It's the same phrase. It's exactly the same phrase. So basically what God is saying to Cain is sin wants to rule you. You're, you need to rule it. What, he's say, what What God says to Eve is... You, What's going to kick off in this dynamic is now you're going to want to rule your husband. You're going to want to, or you're, you're going to want to, you you're, you're going to want to rule the man, and he's he is going to rule you. And neither of those is God's perfect will. Okay, so you've got usurping and dominating, and you see it all the world around. Usurping and dominating—it's the fall. It's not head, good headship. That's not how it's. It's just sin, brokenness, fallenness. This is so important that we understand this. Because what some people do is that that they say that um, the whole thing of different male and female roles is as a result of the fall. It's not. You see it in Genesis two, before the fall. Genesis three messes it up. Genesis three warps it. Genesis three makes it something else. And some people have said, that's headship. Blokes are in charge. Oh, please. Never say such careless, (laughs) careless things. It's, you, but you, it's, it's, I find it so infuriating when you're around Christians who are complementarian, i.e. they believe there's differences in the role of men and women, but the way they talk about it, it makes you think, you know what, if that's what it is, I don't want to be it. Because that ain't it. That is, that's just ugly, that's just horrible, That there's nothing that's going to bring any life there. That's, but the, in the full we see it's warped, it's twisted, and there's basically power plays... There's competition. There's where boys are better than girls, girls are better than boys. That's fallenness. And I say there should be no, no sense of it in the church. It should be the last thing in the community of the church. Tricky behaviour, violence. I mean, it's just all the bad stuff comes in because of sin. I want us to take a few minutes in groups to talk about where do we, where do you primarily see this stuff playing out? And then we're going to just, there's wisdom in the room. Where do you see it primarily playing out? Where, where is this? Because you'll see it in both directions and in all kinds of layers. And we'll just try and draw it together and paint a bit of a picture of what our broken world looks like to just help us to earth it in day to day experience okay? so a few minutes just maybe one of you on your phone or with a little pad just where do we see it play out where do we see these things happening have a few minutes so I'll call us back probably in about <laughs> um, in about five minutes time and we'll just draw it together okay I guess a bit a bit sad to hear so much ease of conversation about uh, where it's going wrong and example after example but be good to just get a sense of just maybe a bit of rapid fire things just chuck, chuck, chuck one out uh, yeah, an example. Uh, in
3: the media?
0: <laughs> what? Oh, an actual example. <laughs> <laughs> I you meant, sorry, I thought
2: you meant uh, places that,
0: thi- that these things places f- yeah, play- yeah, it does happen in the media. Of course it does, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, maybe a little bit more Specific. Bit. Yeah, it has got to be actual, but just, I don't know, what, sort of, what, what do you see in your I think life? Right, so there's there's uh, tensions and things around that, and equality, and what does that look like? Uh, and more and more, more ladies to be in the executive, uh, uh yeah. of the companies. Um, yeah. Uh, then there's a counter argument saying, you know, I'm not sure if I want to be the of the in the executive in a male environment. F- fascinating. Yeah, there's 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 a lot going on. There's a lot of conversations going on. Obviously, the gender pay gap's huge, isn't it? Huge, huge. Conversations going on right now at the moment. Yeah, that's, that's good. Good stuff. Anything else? No? Okay. <laughs> Laura. I was just saying that, um, not so much recently,
3: but within Christian organisations, sadly, it can, be quite, it can also become an abusive way of operating. So, yeah. um, my context at university in the Christian Union was I was leading my little bit of it, um, but there were some men in that for 18, 19-year-old guys, um, that didn't like the fact that the leader of this small group of people was a woman, so if they didn't like the decision, they would phone round and decide they didn't need to do what was decided at a meeting, because I was female and I was leading that part of the group. Yeah. Um, that wasn't the same for the, all the different parts of the university, I think, because yeah. had quite a different experience. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that was that was yeah. a, de- a really bad way, and I think I reacted quite extremely to that, so when I came to Rev, I found... Some of the teaching really
0: tricky. Mm. um a bit of a journey. A yeah, question. yeah. Well, I think like, we've all been going on a journey, and I think if, one of the big one of the big preachers, uh, Lloyd Jones or Spurgeon, he said something like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm always suspicious of people that keep changing their doctrine. He said, but I'm suspicious of also of those who never do. You yeah. know, and I think you, you you've got to keep learning. Um, so I, there, there are things that I would have said in, back when you first joined, which I would definitely would have would have adapted on and phrased differently, and, and even believed differently. So yeah. Yeah, so in Christian context, especially painful. Because you think this is where we should be getting it right. So, yeah.
2: I was going to say just uh, in my own family. Louder. Like personal relationships in my own family. Yeah. My my parents are just like completely against each other. Right. Like
1: competing for dominance and
2: decisions and stuff like
0: that. It can be all out war in the home. Do you know? Like, wow, that's hard. To live in that's hard. Yeah. Anything else?
3: I think just in society in general like so many broken families and yes. that causes a lot of issues I'm yeah. just, it's not only because of people not understanding their gender and all sure. that but i think that's yeah. part of it yeah knowing how to relate to each
0: other yeah right.
3: <laughs> really I, I work
2: in a predominantly female working environment and just the way that men have generally spoken about if you the gender or exchange of ethnicity would be completely unacceptable. Yeah. But I think because of the power dynamics and the issues of yeah. yeah. What's said yeah. is it's quite difficult to. Yeah. Do. Yes. So, well, equally that well as well as that there's it's predominantly female until you get to a certain level then there's lots of grey haired men. Yeah. Um, and there's a colleague who's at the same position as me and we will have a, a joint meeting and then it's only me that's female. She's. Yeah, she's and she, she points it out I'm blind
0: I was blind to it but yeah. again and again and again it's so like again it's you that's been addressed even yeah. though she do helped. need help Wow mm. yeah man yeah. <sighs> Not particularly no it was more just in life oh. yeah yeah but I guess church is part of life so yeah but it was probably a bit broader than that but yeah yeah Jerry, sorry. Did you want sorry, did you want Okay, uh okay. right, go cool. um like I have I think also stuff like this kind uh, of like social media yeah.
2: like about this like most of the time it's about being politically correct. Yeah. So the like how you're supposed to refer to someone like this and there's like no like, like there's no fine line between man and woman yes. genders anymore. Yes. Like do you almost be right politically yes. right. Yeah. It's
0: very stressful. It really is, because the thing with political correctness is, is that you're not allowed to, you're not, you don't have the space to think about what you really think anymore, because you, you, that you need space to know what you think, in a in a, in an environment that is as bullying in terms of our as ours is. You say the one thing wrong and everyone trolls you and kills you and stamps on you. There's no space to think about what you believe. So what you do is you learn the right answers. Yeah? You learn, you just have to learn what am I allowed to say and not allowed to say and then you say it. But, but that's really sad because no one knows what they think. Because there's no space to actually talk and debate and learn because it's too bullying. And it's, re- and it's really hard, you know, you think we're supposed to be like free speech, you know. But as soon as you say something that is, isn't along a particular line, you are absolutely hammered. And that's brutal. It's a brutal, brutal culture we live in in that regard. And, and so people don't go up actually knowing what they believe. They, know, they, they don't, they th- haven't thought it through. Mm-hmm. They just know what is okay to say and what isn't. And that's sad. Yeah, Matt. Um, I was going to say, I, only on Thursday this
1: week, I got completely hounded at work. Uh, one of my colleagues saw my phone official picture of Gracie. She had a dress and she was looking all girly. And it was like, oh, she's gir- she's a girly girl. I said, yeah, I love that about her. Like, that became the topic of the, of the afternoon. Yeah. Apparently, I was I was bad because I wanted my girl to express just an element of femininity. Yeah. And and it just turned into this big conversation. Yeah. And suddenly, like, well, what? So what if she walked, she walked to, you know, trousers. if she was wanted to be a boy and be that? And it turned into this big thing. And like, the guy next to me, um, like... It was his one year anniversary with his boyfriend. And, uh, my boyfriend oh, my. I mean, she's a lesbian in a relationship as well. My, my colleague's best friend nah. um is, is getting married to another girl, so they're all like, they're very hungry. But I didn't know just one simple, yeah. like, yeah. so innocently, I mean, like, yeah. I just love like, the fact that she's girly, yeah. turn into like, oh, suddenly yeah. the. Yeah. I mean yeah. quite, quite tension now mm. a lot of relations mm. like no last oh, year, mate. kind of really taking a back seat from just one comment it's mad but yeah.
0: that's, that's it's, is, and it's violent that's the issue the issue is it's violent it's not even can we talk about this I don't really agree it's violent so you don't get to even think through or maybe maybe, maybe my attitude was wrong there you, you don't have a chance for that you, you either have to apologise quick because you're really scared or you withdraw yeah. and it's like wow you, we're not going to grow <laughs> so it's really this is good this is good yeah one more okay Flo. Yeah. I just
3: noticed um, sort of the gender roles in, in families as well particularly looking at single parent families so just noticed as a mum myself like single dads are kind of seen as like a, such a heroic mm. figure like mm. I can't believe a man would yeah. sacrifice that much to raise a family mm. on his own and mm. then on the other side I feel like single mums are really pitied in our society and mm. Mm. sort of just seen as just really disrespected from the single mums I know interesting. Um, interesting, and it's just it's really interesting just for being a working mother as well if I have to you know um, say that like I have to pick up my kid early because they're sick and I've sort of just feel like I'm met with an attitude of like you're a bit of a slacker <laughs> whereas no. if Tom does it to pick up one of, of kids because they're six, so he's, he's a
0: hero. It's my oh. Gosh. Wow. Gosh. okay. I, I, I never really thought about it. Until yeah. yeah. I Fascinating. There's so many layers to this, guys. It's really deeply, deeply complex. But anyway, should we look at what, what male and female renewed in Christ looks like? Yeah. I thought it'd be arousing. Yeah. Oh, is that yeah. it? Oh, maybe it's the heat. We'll blame the heat. Let's blame the heat. Okay. Pardon, oh, thanks, Susan. So, Middle Eastern culture 2,000 years ago uh, is is very, 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 very different to ours. In many, many, many ways, one of them being male and female. So um, that's important because it affects how you read the New Testament. If you read the New Testament with 21st century Western eyes on, you'll come to things in the New Testament about, I don't know, maybe male and female being different or some uh, stuff about head coverings or whatever, and the immediate response can be, this book's sexist, you know. Uh, If you're reading... These, this was a female liberation movement. I mean, the, the Christian church is the female liberation movement. Let me let me let me explain what I mean by that. Okay, so in back in these times where this um, was written, a woman's testimony wouldn't even be received in court. Like, it wasn't considered trustworthy um, enough. Very few women owned. Uh, Anything, if you were married as a woman, and you were considered the property of your husband per se, that, that's kind of that's kind of it. Um, nothing in the other direction. This was this was the life for a woman in the in the Greco-Roman world. It really wasn't uh, uh, it, it wasn't anything like what we are used to. But Jesus as a man, it was a perfect example of headship, a perfect example of everything. But one of those things, headship. He was both. He had he had disciples and friends that were women great he's provided for in part by rich women Jesus is provided for in part by rich women read the gospels now that's even a challenge to the traditional Christian complementarian stance. so we need to just that's, that's, that's a surprising thing the first um, people he appears to after his resurrection as witnesses are, is a woman first one's a woman for all the others The others were slow of heart to believe. There she was. She becomes a key witness. Jesus dignified women extraordinarily. And then look at Paul. Now, Paul's the guy who writes 1 Corinthians 11 about headship, 1 Timothy 2 about women and teaching, that thing, that controversial one. He writes these things. But if you just, what else did Paul write, for goodness sake? (laughs) His key laborers, uh, is a couple called Prissa and Aquila. Normally the husband's name would be first, but, but when it's written down, her name comes first, probably because she was the most prominent in terms of her giftedness um phoebe was a deacon in the church in romans 16 the list of all of his co-workers 20 percent of them um, are are women lydia co-hosted the church uh, hosted the church plant in philippi paul says there's no male and female in christ in galatians 3 verse 28 i don't think he means that per se but he's saying something very very radical he's saying something super super radical there's no jew or gentile that was really radical that wall's come down no slave or free. Really radical. You know, masters, you know, l- look after your slaves well, because you've got a master too. Sla- slaves, you know, really radical. There's no male and female. It's really, really radical stuff he's saying there. You have to, this is a very, very radical book. 1 Corinthians 7. Wives, you are the property of your husbands. Yes. Husbands, you're the property of your wives. What? It says both. Wives your, wives your body belongs to your husband yes husband your body belongs to your wives what it's radical radical is as a as a, a rewriting of 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 culture and i mean super super radical which again i think undermines the trajectory argument a little bit some people say well they they wanted to say more but they were just scared but what they were saying was was um super super controversial so it's important that we understand that um but there definitely does seem to be certain things where the, the headship thing is held on to or, or, or remains, which for me only strengthens the argument that it's relevant for today because you think they're, 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 they're undermining so many elements of culture and rewriting so much stuff that they wouldn't have held on to this element if, it wasn't, if there wasn't something timeless about it. It just doesn't add up. Um, so it's important that we, that we recognise... Um, That Now, let me just try to help you give you a framework to understand um, how to apply male and female in Christ. Now, it's a little bit... Just go with me on this, all right? So, I'm going to talk about marriage and divorce for a minute, because there's there's an instance where some people come to Jesus and they say... "Um, Matthew 19. Let's have a look at it quickly together. This is really important and I'm going to try to take this principle and lay it onto the male-female thing. So Matthew 19 verse 3 says, Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? Now they'd only ask it in that direction because you know a woman didn't have the authority to divorce her husband. It was only only that way. So that's why they asked it in that way. But is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? Jesus said, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning okay, made them male and female and said, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. But Then listen to this. They said to him, but when, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and send her away? Because in their law, which God had given them, there was this Thing, if you wanted to divorce your wife give her a certificate jesus says because of your hardness of heart moses allowed you to divorce your wives but from the beginning it was not so and i say to you whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery so it's fascinating there there comes it, it okay to divorce no you know what creation teaches yeah but moses taught that it was okay yeah he taught that because you are hard in your heart but from the beginning, this is God's heart. So we see, even even there are elements, some elements through the Bible, where because it, God's command is coming to a broken, fallen context, and God knows how hard our hearts are, some of the commands do not reflect His heart fully, but are concessionary. Because of how hard your heart is, we can do it this way. But it's not an expression of God's perfect will. You see what's going on there. So Jesus is taking them back to the beginning. But then that's not all. Then the New Testament teaching on marriage goes beyond goes beyond the creation narrative. And Paul says things like, those of you that are married, live as though you're not. Now, what's he saying there? He's not saying go out on dates and things. He's saying those of you that are married, the times are urgent. Christ is going to be back soon. Don't spend your life in domestic bliss and trying to create the perfect home and don't let yourself become consumed in that the times are short. Let's stay urgent, let's stay missional. So there's the creation narrative for marriage is brought into the New Testament and then laid on top of it is the fact that the age is short the time is coming there's a new age coming let's have our eyes fixed there and let that shape it so it takes us somewhere beyond original creation does that make sense now with male and female it's clear from the New Testament that they're trying to that there's this definite um there's this um equality thing going on. It's no male and female. In Christ, we try to co-heirs, men and women together, husband and wife, your bodies belong to each other. There's this Genesis 1, they're getting it on there, getting it on there real good, but they're holding on to Genesis 2. So there's this thing of the headship and, and what so there's this primary kind of thing going on, these these um, factors I looked at in, in the second session, um, which we'll look at some application for that in just a moment. But then also actually saying, actually, do you know what? Let's not get... Let's not get so hung up on male and on male and female. We've got to get it right because it, it gives off a message, maybe even to the angels. There's principalities and powers looking on. We, God's order. We've got to uphold that. But do you know what? There's an age coming where we don't even know what we're quite going to be. Right? There's an age coming where you know we we know now we're, we're children of God. What we will be then, we don't we don't yet know. One John chapter three. There's, you know, we know that there'll be no marriage in heaven. So quite, quite what? So there's, in this age, there's something to be held on. There's something of an order that has been established by God. Father is the head of the Son. Okay, we know that Jesus is divine, fully God. But Jesus, there's there's this order. There's this thing that's going on. In, in, in the nature of God where the father, 1 Corinthians 11, is the head of, is the, head of the son. And, and, the, and the son is the head of man and the man is the head of woman, 1 Corinthians 11. And we've got to preserve that and hold on to that because there's something there that God wants to be, to be reflected in terms of um, his order. But don't get... So honour it, but don't get hung up on it in that sense. Let's just max it out for fruitfulness. because. But in the new age to come, hey, who knows? No idea. No idea. There's so, there's very, I, think, I think there's so much room for, well, speculation's a waste of time, but there's so much room for imagination or just saying, God, we don't know what this thing is going to look like in the age to come. We really don't. Because, of course, we, as we heard this morning about consummation, that's when we come together in Christ. And there's that sense in which as the bride we come together. What that will do, reigning together with Jesus in the new heavens and the new earth. I don't know what kind of impact that will have on on all of these dynamics. And so we've got to, I think we want to go back to creation and get it right. But then, and, and say in Christ we, there's something has been renewed there, but there's also something whereby we recognise that, you know, even how that works in, in, in this age may not be eternal. We, we don't know what God's going to reveal. So let's, you know, let's just kind of get, let's max as much fruit as we can out of how God wants it to work in this age, um, but not kind of become, I don't know what the word is, kind of um, obsessed or um, kind of... Um, Hung up on it in a way that doesn't lead to fruitfulness anymore, but it's just all you ever talk about. Do you see what I mean? It's really important. It's important that we get it right. It's important that we, and we've got to talk about it a lot because it's being really, really massively challenged. So, what's the application that I would say? Well, I'll start with i um, I'll start with a illustration. Here's what I've noticed: films back in the day tended to be a little bit like this. The hero would always be the guy, and there'd be a woman around who, at some point in the film, would pro- normally end up losing half her clothes, and you know that was basically what happened. That was, that was, that was. That was how the man and the woman was generally represented. Okay? So you've got the guy's the hero uh, and the woman's pretty um, and, and, and probably sexy. right? That was kind of it. Yeah, That's been um, understandably, uh, deeply and appropriately reacted against. But watch films now. What you'll tend to find is this. Super cool women leaders coming through a lot of the time. Real bumbling blokes. Clumsy, pathetic. I mean that's that's coming through quite strong, in the, in the media now. Now what is that? It's a worldly reaction to the first thing. Okay. So when there's something that goes on and it's inappropriate and bad and horrible, when you haven't got the Holy Spirit, you try to fix it, but it doesn't go doesn't end up anywhere fruitful. Do You see what I'm saying? You just end up with something else that's just like, well, that that can't be right, either. What I want to kind of advocate for is the kind of idea where you've got the, where 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 the, you know the, the man and the woman together are are doing heroic things, okay? They are doing heroic things together. But there's, there's, there's a dynamic interplay between them in their relationship where she's at his side and he's got her at his side. Just, the, just that subtle nuance between them, she's, she's, she's championing his leadership and he's blessing her for her help because he couldn't do it without her. But you watch the film, they're, 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 they're doing this thing together. But in their interplay, there's an an understanding. There's an honouring. She's happy to say, yeah. In my head. I think think that's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, because I think that's Genesis 1 and it's Genesis 2. They're doing this together. They're the heroes. They're ruling creation. They're they're on mission. Yes. There's a dynamic between them that is particular and that needs to be honoured. Otherwise, what you'll end up with is nothing complementary. You'll end up with just sameness. And it's not satisfying, and it's not fruitful, and and, and that what happens is is that women, in an attempt to show that they can do what the man can do, which they can, but in an attempt to show it, you get driven by that, you lose your femininity, you lose your femininity, and men, in an attempt to just oh well, I mean, men are just utterly confused, and men do not know what to do. I'll just be honest with you, ladies, men are utterly clueless right now. Um, if you're not anchored in Christ. And in Scripture, you don't know what the heck you're supposed to be. Um, and, and so we, 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 we have the, a role to, to shine something very, very different, something timeless, something stunning, something where we're so for one another, where we're championing one another, where we're, where, where, you know, where we're speaking well of one another, where we refuse to go to war with one another because we've been redeemed from fallenness. And brought into Christ, you see what I'm saying. It's, that's that, that that flavor is a New Testament flavor, and that's what I believe God would want us to do. So, application for roles in church. We want to talk about what can women and men do. I think that this. I think that eldership is male because it's it's your it's the guardian of the doctrine. It's that it's that principle. Who's who's gu- in this church? Who's gar- Who has gar- been commissioned to guard the doctrine here? It's a few chosen men. Okay. Every, all other roles in church life are open to whoever's gifted to do it. Okay? That's why we believe that. That's why we do that. Because okay? we believe there's a principle there carrying over from Genesis 2. Certain men are called to be elders. And we see it modelled in the New Testament and it's consistent. And um, Jesus, in all of his radical, radical, radical activity with men and women, chose 12 men to carry final responsibility for laying the foundation. The doctrine of the church. Okay, there's some, there's something there that's being preserved that we need to honour because it's there. Um, application for roles in the home. I think that I'm, you know, I think that I'm happy personally to say I think there's something about men and work. There's something about women and nurture. That doesn't mean I'm against women working. Not, for, not, 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 not for a moment at all. I really don't. I think it depends on capacity and stuff like that. But I think that there is, particularly in those. Earliest years where there's a, a, a physical dependence, and and that I, I I think it's vital. I I would be gunning for um, a woman to be taking primary role in nurture. I would, I, I would uh, if if a woman were to ask her husband to do that, and husband to do that, I'd probably want to sit down and say, look, just make sure we're st- are we still are we still going the way of the word here, or are we just going the way of the world. I'd have, I'd want to talk about that.
3: In the context of
0: children. Yeah. In the context of raising children, yeah. I think that there's uh, something about Eve, um, life give up, nurture our body made to sustain this. I mean, it's an enormous privilege. It's an enormous privilege. And I think, um, I think, listen, I, what I'm not doing for a moment is saying that all women or all men are the same temperamentally gifted person. That we're really, really not. I get it. You know, I totally get it. And it's not really about that. But I think there's something that you're looking to, 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 to model and honour and hold on to. But some women's capacity is absolutely extraordinary. You know, Proverbs 31, you know, kids of the best dressed kids in town and she's, I mean, all her husband seems to do is sit in the gate. You know, I mean, read Proverbs 31. It's extraordinary. You know, she's doing everything. She's up, up before dawn. She's got her own business. She's doing, I mean, she's extraordinary. Some women are like that. All, all, all power to them. I mean, wonderful. But I, I think that what, what I do think, I mean, we mustn't um, belittle or undermine the extraordinary place of giving time to nurture in those early years I think it's ever so important and obviously the man and the woman do that together but I believe they have a unique contribution, Paul he said, talking to the Thessalonians he said we we were like a mother with you caring for you and nurturing you he also says we were like a father with you exalting and encouraging you now again I don't want to get into caricatures but I would say yeah there's something about mums and nurture dads and exhortation it's just something there to, to to be going on, but it's it's nuanced. It's not extreme characters. It really, I'm really not. I mean, come around our house, see how you know, see how we live. You know, it, it's not it's not like that. When Dabina was a housewife, she took care of the housework because she was a woman. Now because she was a housewife, now she's working. We, who does what? I'm 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 Mr. I am now the champion ironer. You know, it's not it's not it's not caricatured, stereotyped in our home at all. But um, Everyone in the home knows that there is something peculiar that I carry in that home. There is a peculiar headship that I carry in that home. Um, Davina probably has more of a is more of a natural leader than me, more A-type than me in her personality. Um, is probably uh, is probably less of a softy than me. You know these characters. We don't fit the temperament thing at all. It's not that. It's a spiritual dynamic. Um, the headship. You know everyone's myself and Davina together. Have God given authority for the children, but but within that, Davina celebrates my age, The kids. know it's there, but it's it's, it's it's manifested through service, through sacrifice, through laying down my life for, for everyone's good. That's how it shows itself. So in the home. Q and A. Let's end with Q and A. I think I'd love to, to have ended on a really wonderful or, or oratory, but I didn't. You didn't get there. So. <laughs> Q&A. Oh, thanks, Suze. Q&A. Q Rima. You said something earlier about how... When it's like, I can't remember exactly what you said, but it's about li- men- women taking over the leadership of men and how
3: they lose their femininity. Yeah, doing
0: that. yeah. What exactly do you mean by losing their femininity and how do you find what that feminine is? What do you mean by losing your femininity? It's... I guess so, it's quite a new yeah. History. About uh, women trying to push him forward to, to take over the leadership of men, and they may have the ability to do so, but they could lose their femininity on the way. I think what I was saying is this. If, if there's something in you that is not peaceful about God's order, okay, you're not at peace about it, and you can't, you, you, you're not submitted to the scripture, then as you, as you go about your life outside of that kind of place of peacefulness, in terms of as you try to achieve your goals or do the things you want to do in, in, in life, you, you, you will be shaped instead by the world. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you, you, won't, you won't look like a godly woman anymore. And I don't think it's so much about... I, I think sometimes we get really caught up on the detail of trying to nail down every detail of what's masculinity and what's femininity. I think that, I think that um, essentially it's about how we relate to one another. I think that's how, I think that's, how, I think that you can isolate these things in categories like, oh, you know, a ridiculous thing, I don't know, femininity is about wearing pink, a ridiculous thing, you know, because in the 19th century, pink was a colour for boys. Mm. Okay, these things are cultural, these things are not timeless, it's just, it's just fads and trends that go, but that, you never get anywhere with that. I think what you've got to say is, is that masculinity essentially is about, I think essentially is about what am I like with women? And femininity is about what am I like with men? And so, so, if a woman is championing a headship dynamic in her heart, she says, "Do you know what? I, I actually believe this and think it's a really wonderful life-giving thing." Then she will be feminine. Do okay. you see what I'm saying? She will be feminine. Um, it, it's not about her. It's, you know, it's not about her dress sense, and it's, it's, it, she will be feminine. Although the Bible does say, I think, if there are cultural, if you live it, if you, if there are cultural norms about gender and dress, then abide by them. Not because, they are, not because they are timelessly uh, relevant, but because by not abiding by them, you end up saying to your culture, I'm not happy with my gender. Mm. Now, we don't have that in our culture. But if you go to a culture where there are norms that are, you know, they're not wrong, they're just norms. Men dressed like this, women dressed like this. It is uh, godly and appropriate to fit into that. Because otherwise, what you're saying to the people in that culture is this, I'm not happy being a woman. Well, I'm happy being a man and that can cause people to stumble you see that's why that, that, that's, that's important You understand that you don't go and say well I'll show you no 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 that's, that's not godly that's just you're just trying to you're just being western <laughs> yeah chill yeah it's not it's not cool yeah, so it's important that we, that we do one of that. But in our, I think in our culture, which is so, it's kind of like hairstyle, everything. It's all, you know, it's all up But you say to yourself, actually, I believe what the Bible teaches about men and women. And what I'm going to do, is I'm going to look. So, I, so for example, why do I hold open doors for women? Because they can't open them, which is what they assume I'm doing most of the time. No way. Why? Because I think, for me, something about headship is you put women first. You're promoting, you're, you're looking to honour and particularly, give a particular honour to women and bless them and see them be all they can be. So it's that. You know, why do I stand up? Well, I've stopped standing up, and often, my seat now because it's just got so, it's, culturally it's so awkward. Now, I don't do it anymore, but I did for years. Why? Because they're too weak to stand up? No. Because I want you to have a more comfortable journey than me. I want to do my little thing to just lay down my life for you. You know, if I see a woman being in a tricky situation with a guy, why do I stop and think... How can I help here? The Bible says, don't meddle, but this looks tricky. Why? There's something that it looks like something evil could happen. I, ju- I just want to try and bring peace. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying a woman shouldn't do that if she's happening, not at all. But I'm saying part, part of me, I interpret that through my headship lens. That's masculinity. Do you see? So I think if you're peaceful with what's taught in the word, and then you live that out, as you live that out with the opposite sex, you're expressing your femininity if you're a woman. Your masculinity, if you're a man, that's the principle. Yeah, but if you're fighting something, I don't want to be a woman, I don't want to be a man, or I don't know what the Bible says. If you're fighting it, you'll undermine it in yourself and you'll become something else. You may be very successful in your job or whatever, but you would have become, you would have lost something on the way, and you go, well, What have I become? So it's, it's real deep heart level stuff, and sometimes we want rules and we want, to, but it's deeper than that. It's like, Are you at peace with who you are in God? and what he says about men and women, are you happy, and then are you happy to, to walk in that, you you will be a feminine woman, masculine man. Astrid. Yeah,
4: I'm just wondering, we are uh, explaining the concept of friendship now, mm. but uh, like for a woman, like to live the other side of the coin, mm. um, how that could look like in
0: a similar appropriateness. Yes. Like, it's yeah. similar to the question yeah, yeah. Of Susie, I, yeah definitely
4: like how in uh, in different contexts whether relation whether in a close relationship or not yes. or whether in a not so close relationship how could that other side of the coin from yes. the women's side
0: look like yes i think it's i think it, i think there is something about the honoring of leadership the celib- you know where there is so men and women are called to lead absolutely believe that genesis 1 Genesis two within the, within that dynamic, there's something peculiar on the guy in that area. So, there's, so if a woman celebrates and champions a man taking initiative, um, a man kind of you know um, taking responsibility, a man laying down his life, she's being very very feminine in that instance because what she's doing is she's she's helping him do what God's called him to do because it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to. We're often too lazy to lay down our lives and be sacrificial, too scared to take a lead. We just hope someone else will do it, um, and it's why you find it. You find it all around the place. So I think there's a lots and lots of encouragement, lots and lots of encouragement of men. Lots, lots and lots of can relate to that. yeah, lots and lots of kind of you know also offering your gifts. So when a woman, when a, you know, if a woman you know offers and brings her gifts, say for says, I've got these gifts and I want to serving a church or whatever that's wonderful there's some is an echo there of, of of the helper dynamic now you want men to do the same thing but it's a different echo you see there's an echo that comes forward so men and women love each other they do the same thing but because they're men and they're women the spiritual dynamic that is going on there is complementary. It's, it, it's on the same level of love, but it's complementary, and it's having a different impact and effect. So the, I, when, I, when I relate to guys, well I don't, it's, you know when something's in you, you don't always, it's not always like, oh I'm talking to a man, I'm talking to a woman, it's not, it's, it's in you, you just, it's just, I believe it. So it's just, it's a natural outflow, but there's a, there's a different dynamic at work, and it's one that I think is important, and that we want to preserve, but it's nuanced. If you can't do nuance, you'll struggle with this. And what you want, you'll want 10 rules. Ten, ten, ten things to say to men, or ten things. Uh, no, we, no, it's going to take longer than that. You're going to have to actually work this thing out, you know, um, and learn to be v- very, very encouraging. Um, I think. I think it's probably, to be honest, I think encouragement is absolutely huge um, um, for men. I think sometimes there's this image given off that men don't necessarily need it, or it's. I don't know. It's uh, and we d- do desperately, you know. And thank God, this is a very encouraging church. This not coming out of any 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 lack of encouragement I receive. But I think very often there is there is very little. We're too busy putting each other down or or promoting ourselves. And I think we need to we need to do that. I think that's very important. But yeah, I can't give you like a dunk 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 because I think it's it's deeper than that. It's there is application, but I think you I think that as you embrace the truth of it. And then be godly as you do it. it, It's like I said, headship and helpfulness, we use those terms differently, let's say, the headship and helpfulness. You're always doing it. Are you doing it well or are you doing it badly? You're always doing it because you're a man. You're always doing it because you're a woman. But are you doing it well? And I think you do it well when you believe it, when you honour it, when you think there's something real here and the impact of this is real, then then you do it well. Otherwise, you're still doing it because you're a woman or because you're a man, you're doing it. Um, but it's just it, it's not it's not producing fruit. It's not producing life. I feel I'm being maybe I'm being so vague and so unhelpful. I am a bit of a I am a bit conceptual as a person. Tawina um, says, "Give me the practical." I'm like, "Oh, sorry." Um, I'm trying to think of a scenario that would help. I, don't,
4: I, I completely get what you're saying. I'm finding it confusing in my head. How, do I treat a male, someone who's working with me, who's a man, differently to a woman? I don't normally look at their gender, I just look at who they are. How do I manage you well? Are you saying I should treat Rob differently to
0: Emma? I don't, I think yes and no. I think Genesis 1, Genesis 2. I think, I think no. Treat them well, treat them in a godly way, treat them uprightly, treat them respectfully. No, of course not. But I think when you, when you, when you do treat them differently. I bet you do treat them differently.
4: But I would, I'd probably do, but based on their attributes. Uh, that's when but, you get in- interesting because it's like are you more a robber more male man or a feminine <laughs> you know, well but
0: kind of I think I, I think you also do in terms of gender probably I think you probably do I think we all probably do I think so Davina was saying to me you know there's so there's a guy at her work that's particularly acts in a particularly feminine way and she says I have to keep reminding myself he's a guy because when he comes in he wants to do all big hugs and stuff like that she says I don't do big hugs with any guys so it's interesting, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but she's processed, I don't do that. You know, I don't do big hugs, big hugs with guys at work, I just don't do it. So I'm saying? So I think we do, we are aware of this thing. Don't overcomplicate it, folks. Let's, don't, let's not make it something like, I don't know, kind of like, everyone goes up and the room going, oh gosh, how am I going to, no, don't do that. Are you happy being a woman, if you're a woman? Are you happy being a man? if you're, And in terms of, well, what if you're not happy being a woman, we're going to get, not today, thankfully, <laughs> But we are going to get into that stuff. We have to lay a foundation today. You can't go straight into that if you haven't done this. You have to do this first. okay? Then you, then you we'll will get into the sexuality stuff later down the line. But if, if, if you can say, yeah, I'm peaceful with the gender that God's made me, and I'm peaceful that there's a dynamic here, what we might want to call headship and helpfulness or whatever, that is to be specifically honored, definitely honoured in specific relationships, but is also a, a general a general thing written into creation that that I'm going to respect and I'm peaceful about that, then I can guarantee you, as you just let that settle into the fibre of who you are, that you'll do well. So don't, you know, it's not like go home and write a list of, it's not, it's that that honouring. Um, all, all of our all of our relationships in life, we, we are slightly different with different people, right, because they're different relationships. Some you consider to be having authority in a certain way, others you're in front of them, others it's, it's it, we're all in every, it's, every relationship is a little bit different, so all I'm saying is, is a male and female is part of that. Male and female is part of that, and no matter how much our culture is telling us it isn't, it is part of that, and it needs to be part of the mix. So we, we're very complex people and we always live with these complex dynamics, so we I don't, I don't, I don't think this is too complex for us. I think I'm just saying, are you peaceful about this? That's really what I'm saying. Because if you are, I think you just you, you, you'll just start to learn to just to just flow in it. Um, it's very rare, I would say. It's very, very rare at Rev that I would that I come across. I say as a man that I come across a woman who, I've, who, who, who I, I'm trying to think of of an instance where. A woman who's been part of the church has, has, has acted in a way that's made me feel, God, this is really unhelpful, you doing this as a woman, me doing this as a man. You know, to really, I think we've got a really good culture. So it's not create problems. Don't create problems where there ain't none there. I don't mean any, it's not broken, guys. All right. We haven't got to fix it. Um, so make sure we don't get into that mentality either. I think we've got a really good culture. But um, I think we do need to think about it in the, in the wider world and that whole thing as well. Any other questions that I probably won't answer? Yeah. I mean, in non so much of it is like basing the foundation and reflecting on. sure I think we should embody it cool. and I think you can encourage it it's not a simple thing to do to encourage it in, a, in in the world the whole world is under the power of the evil one but we can embody it people can go "Oh wow what's that it smells different making a bad decision as a woman is it appropriate to refuse to submit yeah. to that yeah. yeah because who's your primary head God. Ah. Christ Christ is your primary head That that is given to you as kind of like a, it's almost like a derivative I guess kind of like a it's, it, 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 that's God's provision for you mm-hmm. so if that person is in trying to get you to do something that's sinful or inappropriate or wrong then you have every, every right not to that's right mm-hmm. Yeah. but you're looking in a general way to kind of just, you know, whether it's your husband or your father or church elders, to honour where you can. That's how you you honour that, you know. But no, absolutely. You know, and if you're called to help, I mean, you know, you know, if you, Helping involves saying this isn't a good idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, 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 you know, if, I don't know, if, if you were married or... In a, in a situation where someone's people that someone that's leading your church, uh, we, we were going down a road, and you thought, "God, this doesn't look like the Bible," you know, then you almost have a responsibility, you know, to be to to, to sort of say, "Can we talk about this? You know, it doesn't seem right because because we're all under we're all under Christ's headship." So absolutely, yeah. Um, I think Last one.
2: It feels really loaded, obviously, and there's been so much. Abuse and there's been so much getting it wrong. Yeah. Connotations without unpacking every word, it feels like are we talking about the same thing. When I hear the word <laughs> leadership. When I hear the word but it, I, I felt, I heard you say that headship is protection from evil, yep. sacrificial so, servants. Yeah. Um, but then we've gone on to talk about it, interchangeably with leadership. Yeah, sure. Leadership. So, sure. Could I as a man be fulfilling my duties headship because yeah. I am protecting from evil yeah. but then if that enables, if that headship enables somebody else to reach their full potential they're in a leadership position flourishing and flying
0: that's yes that's fine but that, I would say that that is leadership so exactly. maybe that, so that's it could be wordplay yeah. yeah
2: so hierarchical leadership or like what I say goes leadership or the servant leadership do you know what I mean servant
0: leadership yeah. sacrificial, protecting from evil and sacrificial service but you, when, you, when you, like in a marriage, in your instance, or if you have authority in a particular situation where you say, i want to take responsibility for this situation spiritually in a primary way.
2: But, but taking responsibility could mean then women around me reaching potential and leading and yeah. having a more prominent hier- hierarchy.
0: La, la, la. Yeah, it dep- I mean, hierarchy, they're, words, they're, they're loaded words. It depends what the context is. But yeah, of course, absolutely. You want to see people go on to fulfil what God has called them to do. In their life, absolutely, yeah. Thank yeah. You. It no, it's good.
2: When you say headship, then leave. Yeah, yeah, headship, yeah,
0: yeah. Headship, like, yeah, we yeah. Because we, yeah, we all we all add so many things to so many words. I get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, how does Jesus? You know, Jesus, knowing all things that have been put into his hands, right? It's authority. Knowing, took off his outer garment, knelt down, and washed his disciples' feet. Yeah. So true, sort of godly leadership. In Egypt. You, you, you know, you know your place in God in this situation. How can I serve? That's that's the application. I know who I am in God here. Right? How can I serve? And that's what we do, and and then people get served. All right, guys. Good stuff. Well done. Well done for listening. So far. Just to say before we before we wrap up, you know, there will be things that you want to dig into deeper. Part of what I do for my job is sort of talk with people about spiritual things. So if you want to hook up for coffee and ask some questions, we can do that. Um, You know, I'm available. Um, And especially when it comes to application where it can be more complex, I'm up for that. So don't hesitate. And don't don't just take things away and try and deal with them yourself. You know, we're a community. Let's help one another and serve each other. Amen? Amen? Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Cheers, guys.